0: This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website, william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message.
1: After breaking through the barriers of a cult and into freedom, you'll quickly find that this freedom that you first experience is not nearly so as incredible as it sounds. In fact, many who have taken this journey will tell you that that freedom comes with a great price. The Pentecostal movement bred many spin-offs, Divided churches that separated themselves from other Christians like the original movement from the Azusa Street Revival they focused their ambitions on attaining the spiritual gift that they mistook for the gift of the Holy Spirit that was promised by Christ for the original movement speaking in tongues was evidence that you had received the Holy Spirit and once you had this evidence in your lives you were sealed till the day of your redemption in other words You had everything you needed. Your experience stops here. For others, healing was the evidence, and for others, some other spiritual gift. Many have taken the the travel guide that was laid down by the Pentecostals as their ultimate roadmap, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) These milestones along the way were nothing more than that, milestones, But for the Christian who's following the pathway laid down down by the Bible, these aren't just stops along the way. We are continually learning. It's a continual process, starting from the day the doctor brings you into this world and ending on the day that the doctor takes his fingers and closes your eyes after death. Very few from the Pentecostal movement realized that the evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives that Paul tells us to look for are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Since sanctification was a milestone in their history, they never put it on the road map for frequently visited future. But notice Paul's words directly behind these gifts in Galatians 5. Against such things there is no law. The early church was on a journey breaking through the barriers that were very similar to our own having focused on tradition that was wrapped around the law of moses each rule given in the mosaic law had become a part of their inner makeup they were programmed to believe and follow these laws and were trained from birth to believe that these laws were required for salvation if they did not keep these laws they were condemned And they were no better than the Gentiles that they despised. But Christ came to fulfill the covenant that included that law as their requirement for salvation. No longer were the children of Israel to be a race of works righteous faith. They were all given the power to break through those barriers into freedom in Christ. All law is fulfilled by love. And the many laws that they had did not produce perfect love. They were under examination in the scriptures to show us their weakness. Christ came to show this weakness and how works righteous faith actually produced the opposite of love. But like we see today, men bound by tradition were not able to see and understand that the gift that God was giving them was far greater. As they continued in their journey from law into grace, many there were many laws that they tried to bring with them. Like a pack horse on a long journey, they stacked these things, one on top of the other, under their already cumbersome load, weighing themselves down with burden. If we continue Galatians chapter 5 into chapter 6, we see what Paul reminds us when he says, against such things there is no law paul says this those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of christ not even those who are circumcised keep the law Yet they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. Notice the reason that the people tried to carry the law of circumcision with them. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ, is what Paul says. The cross of Christ removed all of these burdens, and it paid the penalty for the breach of the old covenant that included the law. A new eternal covenant was established, one of grace, one that lifted the many weights that they had carried for generations. But there were many who were still inside those boundaries. And to the Jew who remained behind those boundaries, refusing Christ, these new Christians were using the cross to break all the rules. They had despised the idea that the man that they hung on the cross could have removed them from tradition. They despised anyone who broke that tradition. They persecuted those who were trying to experience freedom. Many who have made their way, made their journey from a cult and into freedom, will tell you this, there is persecution still today. Men and women who refuse to accept the cross of Jesus Christ as their only way to salvation have chosen to carry these weights of burden onto their own shoulders. Each rule that they try to follow adds a weight. And through the burden from that weight, even though it may not be noticeable when you stack them on top of each other, it's a heavy, heavy burden. Some cults avoid television. That is a weight. When they are fellowshipping with another Christian, and that other Christian has a television in their home, they're uncomfortable. If it's turned on, the weight gets even heavier. One cult does not believe in drinking coffee. Passing by a coffee shop in a mall brings an uncomfortable weight. Another refuses to enjoy sports. A walk in the park is uncomfortable for them. Several adhere to a dress code, A walk in the grocery store places you around several people who are specifically denying your faith. Some of these weights are burdens against something that is so common that it's difficult to even leave your house without feeling that burden. Many of these things are unnecessary weights. Many of them produce scorn instead of love. These weights The weights that do not produce scorn have absolutely nothing to do with your love of God or your fellow man, and they cannot be found in Scripture. Those escaping the cult realize this. But like the men and the women bringing their tradition into early Christianity for fear of persecution, men and women escaping a cult will bring their tradition into their new lives, sometimes for the wrong reasons instead of bringing with them a new way of life that they enjoy many of them bring their traditions as weights that continue to burden them down and there's nothing wrong with avoiding sports especially if your heart is not in the game you can walk around if you can walk by a group of others who are enjoying a casual game of basketball ...or a round of tennis without feeling any emotion whatsoever... ...then this aspect of your new life is without burden. But if you pass by that same group of people... ...and you long to be in there with them... ...refusing to do so because of your tradition... ...then there's something wrong. If you pass by them and feel out of place... ...because you have never experienced what they are doing... ...that weight gets heavier. And if you look at them with scorn or pride then your weight has just brought you down to your knees. Sadly, adjustment adjustment to freedom is not an overnight change. Many will tell you that this out-of-place feeling may last for several years. The weights that they carry are so great in number that removing them one by one will absolutely take a lifetime. Using our Bible as our example, we find that this hesitation to be free is human nature when christ died on the cross the penalty for sin was paid once for all and we don't find a single new group of christians celebrating their lives without the mosaic law that they were programmed to follow in fact we find many sections of paul's letters which came years later reminding them that the new eternal covenant of grace made the old law obsolete. It's ironic, because many cult churches are familiar with the old-time gospel song, Come Unto Me. But they've never really stopped to consider what this song is referring to. The song is a reference to Scripture, Matthew 11, and it is begging them, pleading with them, To take these weights, these burdens that drag them down and cast them onto the back of Christ. Christ was taking these weights and he nailed them to the cross on our behalf. Immediately, after rebuking the people because he loved to drink wine, Jesus said this, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. (coughs) He says this, Come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden, And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. This rest for your souls is God's rest. This is not God's penalty. Christ did not come. To replace the Mosaic Law with another set of laws that were greater in power. In fact, he came and he lifted the Mosaic Law. It was the part of the Old Covenant that had been broken by the people. And the children of Israel were living under the penalty of that law. And Christ came to fulfill the portion that the children of Israel could not fulfill. Keeping the law to set them free from their part of the bargain. And he made a new covenant that had no weights. It had one simple requirement. Faith in Jesus Christ. Living under this new covenant, children of God, by grace through faith, we still keep the Ten Commandments. The original law of Moses that was given to the people. There were two covenants given to Moses, remember? The first one was broken, and Moses broke the stone tablets containing the law. The second covenant became the Mosaic law, and it was fulfilled with works righteous faith. It was given as an example that we will never be saved by our own works. But rather than aimlessly trying to save ourselves, we uphold the original law, and we do so by love. If we love God... We will keep the first two commandments. We will not serve other gods. We will not make idols and bow down before them. If we love our neighbor as ourselves, we will not kill. We will not steal. We will not covet his possessions. Instead, we will celebrate with him because God has richly blessed him. All laws are fulfilled in love, and love carries no weight. In fact, love actually lifts us, making our feet lighter. Through our unburdened lives, we can lift the burdens of others. That's why Paul said, against such things, there is no law. There are no rules, no weights. There are no burdens that Christ wants us to bear. He told us to cast all of our cares upon him. His burden is light, and he wants us to bear he wants to bear our burdens for us he wants us to be happy and free telling others about him he wants us to tell others that freedom in christ means giving him our weights